0: Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Balan in one of the Sunday morning services. This morning, I just want you to turn with me to Numbers chapter 13 and chapter 14. We are going to read a couple of verses from the book of Numbers chapter 13 and chapter 14. So we need to do a lot of reading before we really get into the word of God. So we are just going to start it right away. Numbers chapter 13 verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran according to the command of the Lord. All of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. And we are going to skip the name of those who went from verses four and through 16, and we start from verse 17. So he identified those leaders from one from each tribe, then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and sent to them and said to them, "Go up this way, into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like." Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak. Few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. Whether the land is rich or poor. And whether there are forests there are not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up. And spied out the land. And now let's move to verse 23. Numbers chapter 13. Then they came to the valley of Eshcol. And there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them, one on on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the valley of Eshcol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Verse 26. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness, wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Now, verse 27, we read, Then they told him one group of people who went to spy the land. They this is what they said: We went to the land where you send us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of of Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Verse 32, And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature there we saw the giants the descendants descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in, own, in our own eyes and so we were in their sight chapter 14 so all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and, sto- and the people wept that, that night And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives and children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Yesterday night we talked about the spirit of Egypt. So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before and all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephuniah, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their cloths. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we possess through, through this to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land which flows with the milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear. And all the congregations said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me? Will all the, all the signs which I have performed among them, I will strike them with pestilence, and disinherit them. And I will make of you a nation great and mightier than they. Lord God is about to destroy them. Now we see further, if you read, Moses was standing in the gap. He was interceding and asking God, Lord, do not destroy them. But God spoke to Moses. And said, I will not destroy them now, but none of their inheritance, none of their descendants will not inherit Canaan. Only Caleb and Joshua and their descendants only will inherit Canaan. You know, Moses could not control the anger of God. But he did for a moment as he was interceding for the children of Israel But eventually none of them could enter into Canaan, only the descendants of Caleb and Joshua. And God spoke to Moses and said in verse 24, My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. And this morning I want to share something about a different spirit, the spirit of Caleb and Joshua. You know, as we read the scripture portion, probably you understood, majority of the people there, they were telling Moses, and they brought a bad complaint, saying, we cannot enter it, Canaan, because the people, those who are living there, they are like giants, and we are like grasshoppers in front of them. But Caleb was telling, no, that we can very well occupy the land, they are our bread. You know, they, Caleb had a different spirit. They came, came and told that, that city is very fortified. I don't think we can enter into that city. But Caleb told, their protection has already departed. We have our Lord God. He is our protector. And all that we need to go, is go and inherit the land. This morning I want to talk about different spirit Caleb and Joshua had you know this is important as a church and as a family as an individual this is very very important to have a different spirit you know when we live on this earth there are many things that come against our lives there will be many things that will be working against us even maybe our own family our own children at times Our own society, our own community, our own people, at times they do things against us. But this morning, God is telling you and me, it is important that we need to have a different spirit. The spirit that was in Caleb and Joshua. They all went to the same land. They all brought a cluster of grapes and pomegranate and figs. But they came with two different reports. One group came with a report saying that there is no way we can do anything about it. But there was another group, a small group, came with a report saying that, come on, let's go and do it. You, don't you see that even in the church today? When everybody wants to do something for the Lord, we see a group of people standing against and telling that, no, 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 I don't think we can do it. I don't think we have the call to do this. And eventually they won't do anything. But we see a minority, one or two people standing and saying that, no, we need to do it. We need to pray and we need to go and we need to do this because God has called us to do this. Spirit of Caleb. You know, this morning it is very important. Even in our family situation, when God is asking you to do something, husband and wife, we see most often one has the spirit of this people, the 12 tribes, and one has a spirit of Caleb. One says, no, 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 I don't think we can do it. I don't think this is not for us. But the other men or women saying that, no, 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 I don't think it's, no. we need to just sit idle. I think I strongly believe that God has called me to do this. Spirit of Caleb. Even in our own life. At times there are two different thoughts. And one thought says, no, it is not going to happen. But at the same time there is another thought that says, no, it will happen. One side we hear the voice of the enemy saying that you are not good for this. You are not fit for this. I don't think you are going to flourish in your future. But the other side we hear the voice of God saying, telling us that my son you are precious. My daughter you are precious. We see these two spirits working, operating together in our lives, in our family, in our church, in our society. And this morning, God wants us to know that both the spirits are not from God. There is one spirit that is from God. That is the same spirit that was in Caleb. They all looked at the same thing, but that what, what, what really got into their retina is different One could see the major things happening there. One could see the power of Satan there and they're afraid of looking at that. But the other could see the hand of God over that people. By faith, you know, he he knew very well, Caleb knew very well, the hand of the Lord has already departed. They lost their protection. God commanded them to send the spy to the land. So they, the men were sent to that land and we see one leader from each tribe that was the command of God and Joshua and Caleb were part of them. They all went. They spied the land. They spied the people. They spied the city and brought them fruit. And I, used to, I, I was thinking you know, why God told that you need to bring fruits. Fruit from their land. Any idea? Any guess you want to God uh, Moses wants to state or God wants to taste how good the fruit is experience going there into the land that gives an experience any other idea? Is it evidence evidence for the rest of the people, yeah. You don't think like me, I think, you know, I'm really, really, really crooked in this matter. <laughs> I thought, if God did not tell them that you need to go and get the fruit from their land, how sure that they went into the land. <laughs> Probably they may stand on the mountain top and then see the land. Okay, we saw the land and come back. But then, you know, God said, go and get fruit from there. As Moses said, go and get fruit from their land. So that's an evidence that they, they went. That is an experience that they went. Of course, they would have tasted the fruit too. <laughs> because it was really good. Because it was a season first ripe of the grapes there. So that was the command of God. Now we see the report in a couple of verses as we read. The majority reported this. The land is truly flows with the milk and honey. Both of them reported the same thing. But this group, the majority of the group said, the people who dwell in the land are strong. They are stronger than us. The cities are fortified. The two cities are really strong and they are very large. And he said, we also seen the descendants of Anak, they are giants. They are very high, very tall, gigantic. We are not able to go up against them because they are stronger than we. And he also added, we are like grasshoppers. You know, that's how the enemy puts a great picture in front of our eyes. When God wants us to do something when God wants us to get into this it may be starting a business or it may be you know getting taking a job taking a responsibility maybe it's doing a you know leading something it may be taking a role in the ministry whatever it may be when God wants us to do that the enemy put a big picture saying that no you cannot do you are looking like a grasshopper in front of the in a big huge task that is in front of you that's how enemy puts us down he will not allow us to do anything for him He'll say that, no, 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 you cannot do it because you don't know even how to speak in English. No, you cannot do it. Enemy is good in playing in all the tricks in our lives. He'll say that, no, no, you don't have the guts to go and tell, meet somebody and shake hands with them and share the gospel. No, you cannot do it. That's how the report was from the majority of the people. But report from Caleb and Joshua, it's amazing the way they say. They said, we will go and pass us. Because we are able to overcome them. The land we spied is an exceedingly good land. And he said, they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear. Do not fear. You know, in every situation, we hear the gentle voice of the Holy Spirit telling us, Do not fear. Do not fear. This morning, I want to talk a little bit about fear too. But the congregation was so stubborn. They wanted to put Caleb and Joshua to death. Because they did not want to go. You know, when the enemy brings something in our lives, and he shows that as a big picture, and we are so afraid of, it may be a report from a doctor even. It may be, you know, it may be something, the negative things we keep hearing in our lives. When that comes as a big picture in our lives. When we want to do something against that in order to do the will of God in order to make sure that we get that thing done in our lives enemy comes and tells us no forget it but God tells us you can do it you can do it and you know what when we do not do what God wants us to do what comes next is the wrath of God the wrath of God Now when I turn back my life, when I turn back to the the period of time in my life when I was was away from God, me and my wife, we were sure very much, if I don't turn back to God and do the things that God wants me to do, some tragedy is going to happen in our lives, in our family. We knew that very well. And thank God we did not wait for long. When God wanted me to come to full-time ministry, we knew very well at the end of it, if we do not obey, there is something that is going to happen. It is nothing other than the wrath of God. You know, when we do not do what God wants us to do, what comes is the wrath of God. We see that clearly here. As they were not willing to go into the land, even they were you know, willing to kill Caleb and Joshua, God said, how long they will reject me? You know, when we get into a time when we need to do things for God, when we do not do it, it is equivalent to rejecting God. How long they will reject me and not believe in me? I'm going to strike them with pestilence. But Moses This is what I believe a man of God should do every time, to intercede, to intercede. No matter what people say, they were trying to throw stones at them, but Moses had to do only one thing, that is just to pray for them and intercede. You know, there are many nations coming against Christianity today. Many nations, they are persecuting Christians today. Many group of people, they are against Christianity today. But only one thing, even in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, God and Jesus, they taught us, is just only one thing. What is that? Pray for your enemies. Pray for your enemies. Bless them, do not curse them. Throughout all along, we see that here we see the same thing what is coming in the mind of Moses. Moses was there to intercede. He did not want to lose Joshua and Caleb, they are his right hands, but he did not, he did not want to lose them. But inst- inter- he was interceding. But God, God relented a bit, but he eventually said that they will not inherit the land. But my servant Caleb. That's what the scripture says. That's what the word says. My servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. This morning I want to talk a little bit about the different spirit. Different spirit. As it says in number 1424, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, he has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went. And his descendants shall inherit it. We are talking about a different spirit. You know, God is looking for that different spirit in each and every one of us. We all need to have the different spirit in our lives. God expects us to, to have the different spirit. We need to have the different spirit in order to overcome the obstacles in our lives. You know, there are many obstacles on our way. Things will not happen in the way we want. If things would have happened the way we want, we don't need to probably do anything, but things will not happen by itself. Things will not happen by itself. Yesterday, I think, Brother Jacob was telling me, some family came from India, and they came with a job already in their hands. They were employees in the same company in India, and when they got a project over here, they just came on the same job, nothing. No difficulty at all. But for a child of God, it may not be the same way. We experience that in every situation. We experience that in every moment in in our lives. It's not that easy. It was so easy for all the other spies to come and tell Moses that we don't want to go to that land. It was so easy. But it took even their life for Caleb and Joshua to tell Moses, yes, we want to go to that nation, go to that country. It is not that easy You know, when we are about to do the work of God, when we are about to do the will of God, it is not that easy because we are not fighting with flesh and blood. We are fighting with principalities and authorities in the dark, in the high places and the darkness of this world. We are fighting against all the power of darkness. It is not that easy. Things will not happen that easy. But God is teaching us a lesson this morning. We need to have a different spirit. We need to have that spirit to serve God. We need to have that spirit even to inherit the land. We're all marching towards the land, which is that land, the eternity, the heaven. Even to go there, we need to have the different spirit. Otherwise, we will get into the mode of the other spies who are not willing to go even to heaven. But God this morning expects us to have that different spirit. What is the different spirit? There are four different spirits. Four different ways we can understand this different spirit. Based on Joshua's and Caleb's report, this is what I understand. Number one, the spirit that senses God's leading. Spirit that senses God's leading. In verse 8, number 14, chapter 14, verse 8, he says, Caleb says, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land if the lord delights in us spirit that senses god's leading number two spirit that works along with god we're talking about a different spirit spirit that does not fear people spirit that depends on god's protection this is what is my definition to the different spirit From the report of Joshua and Caleb. Spirit that senses God's leading. Spirit that works along with God. Spirit that doesn't fear God. Sorry, people. Spirit that depends on God's protection. Let's take it further this morning, one by one. Spirit that senses God's leading. As we read in number 14.8, If the Lord delights in us, if, there is a condition, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. You know, we need to have a sense in our lives to know where God is taking us. This morning, I just want all of you to listen to me. We need to have a sense in our lives what God is trying to accomplish through my life. We may be 20, we may be 30, 40, 60, 70, 80. But God has a purpose if we are alive on this earth. And we need to have a sense in our lives what God is trying to do in our lives at this moment. Exactly that was the concern of Caleb there. If the Lord delights in us. The mind of God. What God thinks. If the Lord delights, this is what will happen. We're talking about the different spirit that senses God's leading. You know, how do we know? How do we know the sense of God can give you some clues, but I can tell you exactly how. But these are the, some of the clues then from which we can understand. How do we know the sense of God? When our plans don't materialize. We have a great plan about our future. <coughs> we have a great plan about a ministry. We have a great plan about our children. When our plans don't materialize, It is time to sense the plan of God. God is trying to do something else in our lives. We're talking about sensing God's leading. If we have a different spirit, we'll be able to sense. For example, disciples. When Jesus was buried and he rose from the dead. Disciples thought everything is over and he made a plan. Peter was the leader and they all put together and made a plan. Let's come on, let's renew our business. That was a fishing business that we left. Let's start that business. They all were very curious and they you are know, very eagerly they wanted to start that business again. They all went for fishing again. Nothing happened there. That was their plan, but who showed up there? Jesus. When our plans are not materializing, and Jesus comes and interferes, our plan. And he changes the course, whole course of action. The whole thing gets changed now. Sensing God's leading in our lives. When all the resources are used up, you came to this nation with hundred thousand, sorry, $10,000. And you came to this nation and you want a job, you want a job, waiting and waiting, waiting, waiting. How long you can wait? You are using up all the resources. God wants you to sense his leading right now. And think about Elijah. Elijah declared that there will be famine, but then God promised that I will take care of you, Elijah. And God had an amazing way of feeding Elijah. And Elijah was sitting there and ravens came and gave him bread and meat every day. Ravens came and gave bread and meat. And there was a brook. And if you remember the name of the brook? Kerit. thank you. So, Sherit, uh, uh, right? Kerith, Sherit, Kerith, okay. So there was a brook there and Elijah went and drank water from that brook. And eventually, even that water dried up. Resources are being utilized completely. We need to sense the leading of God, what God wants us to do at this moment. Because God is trying to tell something. Resources are used up completely. And that's the time God spoke to Elijah. Go to Sarephath. Go to Sarephath. And there, there was a widow... She was about to die with her only son because she did not have anything to pay for the lentils. And she was about to die. And Elijah was sent there. You know, when resources are used up, when Gilijah was sensible to the plan of God, the leading of God, and since he had a different spirit, he went to Saraphat. And there God blessed that widow. And she, was, she survived. When certain sort of relationships come to an end, We learned that. And there are many things we plan around people. We think that probably, you know, he's the man I need to believe. It is true. You know, It it don't try to apply this in a marriage relationship. It's not true in the marriage relationship. But you are, you know, your life in the society and your life in the church and your life in the workplace, you really depend on somebody thinking that he's the man I need to believe. He is the man I need to be faithfully working. But when, you know, things come to an end, We see even people break and go apart from us. But it is time to know. It is time to sense God's leading. I thought about Paul and Barnabas. They were ministers of God. They were leaders in the early Christian church. They came to a misunderstanding. They came to a disagreement at some point of time in their lives. But they were very quick enough to know, to sense god's leading you know i believe the great amount of evangelism that was carried out by paul and barnabas in an individual way in a different situation just because of this misunderstanding you now paul could preach the gospel to the gentiles and he could travel many other places because of this disagreement between them you Now god has His one way of doing things in our lives When one door closes, it is time to sense that God is trying to say something. God's leading is something different. We need to have a different spirit in our lives. Joshua and Caleb, they had the different spirit to sense that. Number two, spirit that works along with God. In the same chapter, number 14, we read that in verse 9, only do not rebel against the Lord. That was the advice of Caleb. Do not rebel against against the Lord. He was telling... Work with God. Do not rebel against him. You know, when Nehemiah shared his vision to build the wall around Jerusalem, what the people of God say, scripture says, so they said, let us rise up and build the wall. Then they set their hands to this good work. Cooperating with what God wants us to do. The spirit, the different spirit, if we have, we will be cooperating with the Lord God. It is as easy as this, following God without knowing where we are going. God spoke to Abraham and said, go to the nation I show you. And Abraham went, he obeyed, obeying God, cooperating God, waiting for God's timing in our lives. Things may not happen frequently, immediately the moment we want it. But we need to wait for God's timing, you know, waiting for God's timing without knowing when it will come. Sarah was waiting, waiting. Some of the things that we are waiting, we have been waiting in our lives. We have no idea when those things are happening in our lives, when they are going to happen in our lives. Waiting means we are cooperating with God, expecting a miracle. We don't know how God is going to provide, but we still expect. Have you seen come across people saying that? Brother, I'm just waiting on God. I hope God will deliver me one day. I hope God will bless me one day. I know that it is very hard to wait. I know it, 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 it appears to be foolishness to say that I've been waiting for God's timing. But I know for sure my God has planned already something for me. It is better for me to wait for the time and give cooperation to the Lord. Trusting God's purpose. Without even understanding the circumstances. God has called us to you know, start this ministry and build this church. But we don't see that happening. We don't see the church just getting filled every Sunday morning. We don't see that happening. But there is a purpose of God in our lives in this ministry. Without understanding, we are waiting. We are believing that God's purpose. For that, we need to have a different spirit. A different spirit. Thirdly, a different spirit that doesn't fear people. Numbers 49. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Nor fear the people of the land. For they are our bread. Do not fear the people of the land. For they are our bread. Jesus taught that. Do not fear. David said that many times. I don't want to fear people. I don't want to fear evil doers. You know, I just want to put it this way. God cannot use cowards. Those who are fearful, those who are afraid, God cannot use, God cannot depend on them. But God wants us to be bold. That was the advice of Caleb. He's saying that, do not fear for the people of the land. You know, sometimes when we want to do things for God, first thing that comes in our mind is the people. How well they will receive this. Even that's true for me too. When I prepare certain sermons, I think about for a moment, if I share this, will they like me or not? How will they receive this word if I go and share this to them? People come as a big obstacle in front of us when we want to do things for God. Even when we want to go out and do the ministry, do the gospel work, first thing that comes in our, life, in my, in our mind is, Oh, I don't think they are going to listen. I don't even understand what they are trying to say. How will I share the gospel with them? For the students, when, they go, when you think about your fellow students, the way they talk, the way they behave, the way they, they don't really care about any religion at all, the way they are so totally delighted in the things of this world. You are afraid at times. How can I go and invite people to my church? How can I go and tell them about Christ? But here Caleb was in the same situation, along with all the spies. Caleb came and told, do not fear the people of the land. Who they are? They are our bread. They are our bread. That means they are at our disposal. They are given to us. They are in our hands. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 29, Jesus spoke and this is what Jesus said. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill your soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You know, what else we need other than this? Jesus was very clear. Do not be afraid of people. You know, many of us are not able to come up in our career. Come up in the way God wants us to minister to him. Because we are afraid of people. Psalm 37 verse 1 says, Do not fret because of evildoers. Do not fret because of the evildoers. A spirit that does not fear people is the different spirit. That was in Caleb and Joshua finally. The spirit that depends on God's protection. Numbers 49 again. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Nor fear the people of the Lord. People of the land. For they uh, they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. People who are having a different spirit. They believe. On the protection of God Almighty. Throughout Psalm 91, we read the protection of God Almighty. Psalm 56 verse 3, Whenever I am afraid, David says, I will trust in you. There are times that we are afraid of things on this earth. We are afraid of sickness. We are afraid of tragedy. We are afraid of, you know, something may happen to our children. We are afraid that at are times something may happen when we drive when we go on the road. Today, you know, people are afraid of many things. The world that we are living in is capable of exaggerating things. And showing a big picture about the things which is not true, which are lie. And children of God, at times we believe that and we are so afraid of things before it happens. It's not going to happen anyway, but we are afraid of that thing. And David says, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. The spirit, the different spirit always Depends on the protection of God. You know, in order to know the protection of God, we need to know, do a couple of things. First of all, we need to know who our God is. We need to know who our God is. How do we know who our God is? By looking at the history. By reading the word of God and to know what God was and is. And to see how God is, has worked in our own life in the past. There are many things that we were afraid of but that they did not happen. Like we heard the testimony yesterday Jacob was sharing. He was so afraid when the hand was broken but it was not. It was not. We need to know how God operates. If God can do that miracle how easy for him to do the miracle that I need today. Knowing our God. Secondly, we need to realize that we are his people. It's not just enough. God, we knowing God. That's why the head knowledge is not enough. The head knowledge will help us to know God. But now we need to put that in, the, in, in, in practice. In our heart. We need to realize that we are God's people. We are God's people. The confidence in Christ is always needed. If we do not have that confidence in Christ, obviously we, are, we cannot believe, we cannot trust in the protection of God Almighty. You An know, easy way to understand is like what exactly Tinsy shared this morning. <laughs> Knowing that, what happens if God takes his hand away from our lives for a moment? What really happens if God takes his hand away from our lives, little, for a little moment? There was a time in the life of Peter, as she shared, in Luke 22, 31 and 32. We are going to read that as we have that on the screen. Luke chapter 22, 31 and 32. And the Lord looked at Peter and said, Simon, Simon. Indeed, Satan has asked me for you that he may sift. Sift is basically to examine. All of us know how do we separate chaff from the grains, right? Exactly, that's what Satan was asking God. He asked me permission to sift you as a wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And if you read the couple of verses below that, you will realize I think one verse down or two verses down, he denied the Lord. He denied the Lord. For a fraction of a second, Satan took permission from him to sift. But Lord prayed for him that he may not lose his faith so that he will return again. When you return to me again, I have a great responsibility for you. Strengthen your brethren. Let this be a testimony. Strengthen your brethren. Have you not gone through such situation in your life? The things that have happened, the tragedy that you encountered in your life, for a moment, you know that's how it is. Even if today God takes His hand away from our lives, it is tragedy, nothing else. But then, the spirit of God always intercedes for us. Son, Jesus always intercedes for us, so that we will, our faith will not fail. We will be brought back, even in the midst of a tragedy. God proves that he's a miracle-working God. Even in the midst of failures, he makes sure that that failure is turned to a testimony. Every test is turned to a testimony. That important is the hand of God in our lives, the protection of God in our lives. Job chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Job chapter 1, 10 and 11. Now Satan (coughs) came to the presence of God, and this is what he spoke to God. Have you not made a fence or hedge around him, around his household and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has. And he will surely curse you to your face. Satan wanted God to touch the protection means take out the protection, the fence. Just open a little bit that fence. It's like you have a sheep piled up here in the place. And you have a huge fence around the you know sheepfold. And the lion which is roaming, roaring outside the fence. And it is looking for every opportunity to enter through the fence. And someone comes and opens that fence a little bit. And the lion rushes inside and toward the lamp. It's exactly the same situation. God put a hedge of protection around Job and his family, and Satan is coming to attack him. And Satan was asking God, it is just because of your protection that he is not cursing you. Take out his hand, your hand, and put your hand upon him. Take out the protection a little bit and see whether he is cursing you or not. God allowed a little bit, and you know what happened in the life of Job. God's protection is that important. When we have a spirit that is different, we rely, we depend on the protection of God Almighty. And this morning, we talked about a couple of things concerning the different spirit. Based on the report that Joshua and Caleb brought. Number one, the spirit that senses God's leading. If we have a different spirit, we need to have a different spirit to sense what God is trying to do in our lives at this point of time. We need to have a different spirit to walk along with God, to cooperate with God in everything, everything that God is trying to do in our lives. We need to have a different spirit not to be afraid of people. We need to have a different spirit to completely depend on God and God's protection. And we see from this story, only Joshua and Caleb, they had this different spirit. And this morning, that's what God wants us to do. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.